As I said, my name's Chris. I'm one of the team of elders here. Okay. Normally I don't have a booming voice. So. Today we continue the series of Christ in Me, continuing the supernatural ministry of Jesus, which means that is us. So we're not going to get away from this. There's going to be some practical at the end, but I won't tell you what. So I look forward to that. So I have a bit of a tongue twister here. Especially me, I'm not the strongest of words. Today we're focusing on me in Christ and Christ in me. And we can explain what the two differences are. And we normally spend a lot of time talking about me and Christ. But today we're going to focus a bit more on Christ and me. And then today we're going to see the importance of that tension of Christ and me, me and Christ. Now I'm going to explain it, but there's a tension and we have to live that tension to grow and do and be like Jesus. So we're going to have a relaxed time. I must warn you, when I was jogging, I, I saw a couple of pictures. So there's a couple of diagrams in this deck. So uh, some of you know that I, I like to draw. Not draw, as my kids know, I draw stick figures. I'm not a drawer. And so they have good humor when we play some of those games where we have to draw. It's not, it doesn't look, very, doesn't look very appealing. But I did tell them, I am the only one that has won an art competition. When I was six, I won a magic tree because it was the ugliest tree. And they said, this has to be magic. And I won it for our school. So there you go. So I want to have Rachel quickly. Where's Rachel? There we are. I need the mic. Hi, so we, um, during prayer today, uh, uh, Chris asked me to share this. Um, so a few months ago, I, uh, I fell in my classroom and landed really hard on my arm. Um, and I think I like strained a tendon or something. I don't know, whatever. It was painful. Um, and so I got it prayed for and the pain kind of went away and I was like, okay, I'm good. Um, and then recently over the last two weeks, the pain started coming back and I was feeling tension in my arm and I was having a hard time sleeping. And so we were at Connect Group on, on Tuesday, and Mark had mentioned that um, he had his arm prayed for at church just like in a, in a global prayer, and it just like was healed right away. And so I um, asked him to pray for my arm, and I felt like while we were praying, the Lord really highlighted the point in my arm where I was feeling the tension, and so I was able to just apply pressure there, and I haven't felt pain since. So, Cool. Yeah. Awesome. God is good. So to start this off, I thought, let me go to YouTube. If you don't have anything to say, go to YouTube. But as you watch the first part of this, it's it's applicable to what I'm going to share and kind of get a sense of God's heart. So Rachel, do you want to get that going? Hopefully it does work. Continue later, but that is a baby learning how to walk. 
So who thinks that baby will never walk? I mean, anybody think the baby's never going to walk? Because we know that God has placed within babies the desire and the capability to walk. We don't, we don't just say to the baby, hey, time to crawl. Each baby has a different time when they suddenly decide they want to do these things. And we don't have to teach them the concept of walking. Somehow there's that desire, and God has also given the ability. But if we have to look at that baby, and the baby has fallen how many times? And we say, oh, sovereignly, you're not called to walk. Sorry. But no, we encourage. We say the father's lifting him up and helping him go along, and the baby is... You know, it's, it's moving along because there's something inside that baby that God put there. So Rachel, you want to finish that off? And let's see if this baby actually walks. Can you, can you walk? find out once they walk it's a whole different story (laughs) life is never the same after that and when they can reach all those nice things you had on display disappear so let's just pray father we just do thank you for just you ask us to come to you like a child and today father we come to you like a child we just receive what you have to share for us today And we just thank you that you're the one, it's you the one that places that in our hearts to learn and to grow about you. It's hard to talk after that, but I thought it was a really good thing. And as I mentioned before, when we got saved in Christ, we became, we were dead and we came alive. And then in Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, we have Christ in us. We, in a sense, have that DNA of Jesus. So we have everything in us that Jesus has called us to do. Like that child, it might look ugly at times. And as you saw, sometimes that baby got a bit of a push from others. You know, sometimes people might not be the most encouraging. But we know that Jesus is encouraging. And we know that like a baby, he gives us a picture as a baby stumbled and went forward, it finally walked. And there's certain things in God that we can only get to when we stumble and walk. But we need that childlike faith, knowing that Jesus is for us, is Jesus' idea, and is not about us. You know, it's too often we get so worked up um, thinking we've got to make everything happen. You know, Jesus has given us everything we need. And then the next slide is that word that we do not like at times called perseverance. 
But that child, we saw that child persevered, persevered, and finally it walked. And in Galatians 6, 9, it said, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. And this thing about doing good, it's not about results, it's doing the good things of God. And then God worry about some of the results, because God looks at our hearts. And when we say doing good, when we are doing the things of God, that is good. So when we do the good things of God, and we don't go weary, and we persevere, we're going to see fruits, and we're going to see benefits. I have an example here of um, John Wimber, who was really kind of the father of the faith in terms of healings, I think coming out of the 60s. And John Wimber, the one, also got saved. And his thing is when he got saved, he had such a passion for the lost that the church he was in got so frustrated because all the back rows got filled with full of smokers and unsaved people. He just kept on bringing them in. And that was a problem. It's like, well, what do we do with all these unsaved people? They're smoking at church. And he's like, well, I've just, we've just got to get them saved. But one day he was, I think he was driving, and he saw a picture from heaven of like a honeycomb. And this was around healing. I think he'd been asking God questions about that. And God said to him, the problem is not on my end. You know, Jesus has accomplished it all. And so this whole thing with John, he went and he had quite a big church. He was quite a successful person at that point. And he started preaching about healing. And they started praying for healing. Well, six months in, he had half his church left. They'd seen no healings, they'd seen no miracles, and he was like, God, is this, what is, what's happening? You showed me this, and I'm not seeing any fruit. I've lost my, half my church. And he realized, is he going to believe God's word, or is he going to believe his circumstances? And then one day he got called, this was about a year after he had gone down this path, he got called to a lady's house who was in bed to pray for her because he was the church leader. We call the church leaders to do that kind of things. And so he prayed with her and was busy explaining to her, like usual, that like he had got into this pattern of why sometimes people don't get healed. But she said to him, I am healed. And he was even more shocked than she was. But from that point on, things broke open for him in the things of healing. But not only for John and his church, it broke it open for a movement, but also broke it open for the churches worldwide, because suddenly his breakthrough became the church's breakthrough. And so when we have these things that we go after in God, it's not just that I can get there, but we, what we have breakthrough and releases breakthrough to other people. And that is the heart of God. And I said, that's, that's the thing that encourages us to persevere, is it's it's we want to see other people come into this freedom and breakthrough in God. Because we can build on other people's successes. And we need to think to ourselves, what are those platforms that I can put in place that I believe God's calling me to bring victory in so other people can use that as their platform to jump off and don't have to go through the same battles that I went through to get there. Now we'll step back and let's go to the most prayer that everybody knows. We have to say this every day at school growing up. So let me just read this quickly. It's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's worship, you know, just worshiping God. Your kingdom come, 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's us going out and extending his kingdom. And then we have the third piece. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as you've also forgiven our debtors and lead us not to temptation but deliver us from evil. And that's the whole piece of personal transformation. So even the Lord's Prayer, you see this thing about worship him first, extend his kingdom, personal transformation. That's part of the life that we are called to. So, we get to this next table that I came up with. And we've got to think, when you look at this table of in Christ, which you think of that as the character of Jesus, and then you have the works, Christ in me, that's the works of Jesus because Jesus lives inside of me. And think of it as a balance, and you've got a scale. And you have the works of Jesus, you have the character of Jesus. And we call to do that. And in some seasons, we might tilt a bit here because God wants to do something there, and then he tilts us back there because he wants to do something there. But in the day, we, we're doing this kind of movement in God. And that's what we're kind of called to do. So what is this Christ, me and Christ? See, now even as I'm talking, I'm like, you've got to keep your mind straight with this. So in Christ, it's salvation, new identity in Christ, transformed daily, fruits of the Spirit, loving God. But then what's the outworking of Christ in me? So where we had salvation and we are saved in Jesus, now we are evangelists, sharing that salvation with others. We are new identity in Christ. So we reveal Christ to the world. Transform daily. We extend His kingdom daily. What the, um, fruit of the Spirit, goodness, kindness. You know, those things that should be deep within us. But then we also have the gifts of the Spirit, which are there for service. Loving God. We call to love God with all our hearts and our lives. But we also called to reveal that love of God that He has placed in our hearts. And as I said, we can't have one with the other. In Jesus, we saw that perfect tension. He loved people. He had, he had the character of Jesus. But He also shared the love of God and extended the kingdom and brought transformation into people's lives. And so that is what we kind of called to do. Everyone clear on those two descriptions? I won't ask you to read it quickly. Okay, Christ in me. Okay. Colossians 1, 26 to 27. This is a really interesting scripture. It says, That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifest to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of his glory? We're not talking about scraping the barrel. He's talking about the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And because we have Christ in us, we are the hope of glory to the world. And that's kind of the Christ in me portion going out and reflecting and revealing Christ to the world. As we said, we were once dead, but now we are alive. Adam, we kind of sometimes think we like Adam, but actually we are Adam plus. 
Adam never had Christ in him. We actually have Christ in us. And so with that, we go and extend that outwards and we reveal God's glory as his people. So what is the outcome? What does this mean? And Steve's been preaching a lot about a lot of the theology of healing and that's, I'm not going to cover a lot of that today, not too much at all, because Steve's really done a great job on some of those pieces. I'm really stirring us to think about this a bit differently and encouraging us um, to say, yes, we can actually do this. And so we'll get to some pieces of that, but let's look what, um, what does it mean, this Christ to me? What is this outcome? And so two great scriptures here is John 20, 21 and 20 to 23. As the Father has sent me, this is Jesus talking, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus equips us. He just doesn't just send us without any equipping. He equips us. And as he says, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely have received, freely give. And same as that child who had that desire to walk, God does help us. He's with us. This is God's idea. It's not our idea. We don't have to get this ourselves all stirred up. This is Jesus' idea. And what Jesus' idea is, he equips us to do it. Because remember, this is all about Jesus. It's really not about us. So what's our response? Well, works aren't my thing. You know, I'm more this person or I'm more that person. Why, why are these works so important? And I came across this uh, interesting um, quote here. It was research done by Ramsey McCullum. It's a Yale professor. He said, the primary reason people came to faith in Jesus the first 400 years after Christ was because of signs, wonders, healings, and deliverances of the early church. Because the works of Jesus awakens us to the goodness of God, awakens us, encounters with Jesus, awakens us. Jesus said, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came to bring life. And you may have life abundantly. And I've always had this interesting picture. We know when Saul was killing the Christians and he was heading off to Damascus. Can you imagine now he's deep in his, he thinks he's right. He is so deep into thinking what he's right. He's thinking, he thinks he's serving God by killing Christians. Now picture this. He's on his horse going out to Damascus. And a Christian comes up, pulls the Bible out and says, you're, missing, you're not understanding a couple of verses here, Paul. Do you think Paul, in that mindset, would have said, oh, I totally agree, totally agree. I'm going to change who I am. No, he was too deep into bondage at that point to be able to see that he would have been easy pickings, throw him in the cart, or let's just kill him now and let's, let's move on, thank you. That would have been his response. But what does Jesus do? He comes and... Wham! He knocks him off his horse. He blinds him. He says, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. The poor guy's world must have been totally shaken up at that point. But Jesus had to come in and do the wham for him to like, oh my goodness, I have missed him. 
I have missed Jesus. My theology is messed up. I need the real Jesus. And that's what encounters do sometimes. And that's what the works of Jesus are for, is so that when we pray for the world and they get healed, they see the goodness of God and then they go, oh my goodness, God is good. And it wakes the world up. And that's what Satan meant, because it says sickness was not from God. But the thing that Satan thought he was going to get victory in, Jesus turned around and, and used that very thing to get people saved and born again. And he's given us that commission to go do that. So, yep, it is our stuff, even though it makes us a bit uncomfortable. So, looking along that same theme... We look at Mary Magdalene. She had seven demons. She encountered Jesus. She ends up being known as the lover of God. And she is the first person that sees Jesus when he's risen from the dead. Talk about a transformed life. We look at Legion, who had the thousand demons. He encountered Jesus. He gets delivered. He gets set free. What happens? He just doesn't say thank you. He becomes an evangelist. So you see the revelation that the works release in people, it helps them see what, 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 you know, what, what God has. The most interesting one was, remember the blind person uh, who Jesus opened his eyes and the Pharisees were arguing with him and he turns into this massive theologian. Is this the Jesus you want to know? And he's debating with him. Here's a guy who's been blind, he's not sure if he's not been educated and he's having a theological discussion with the Pharisees. So he's gone from being blind to a theologian because of an encounter with Jesus. Because that, these encounters have the ability to cut through what arguments and debates and other things can't get to sometimes. Because remember Jesus says, Jesus preached and he did the works. Not saying we don't do the preaching, because it's both. It's preaching and the works. Preaching and the works. The word of truth, the works of truth. And Jesus, in John 10, 37, 38, says, Jesus said not to believe in him if there are no works. That's Jesus. He said, if I don't do any works, don't believe me. And he said, the works unveil the understanding of Jesus and the Father. I want to read, I wasn't going to read this, but um, 1 Corinthians 2, 3 and 4, and this is Paul talking about Let me just read it first, because there's something I want to share here, which is really good. This is Paul. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. We don't think of that about Paul when you think of Paul or the Bible. We think he was the mighty guy. Go, 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 go. But here he is, in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. And the message and my preaching were not in persuasive words, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. So for us, it's okay to be like Paul, to be nervous about some of this stuff. We don't have to have it all together. We don't have to be you know, at peace. What I mean, we're in peace with God, but going into a situation, it's okay to be a bit nervous. But Paul knew that it was Jesus that he reached out to for his strength. Even in his weakness, in his fear, he said, Jesus, I fix my eyes 
on you. And he trusted Jesus in those situations. And I think we are called to do that as well. Like Paul, we might be nervous, but you know what? Until we do it, we don't see it. And it's interesting, one thing I really love is when people's legs are shorter than the other, is I get such a kick, and you pray, and you just see the leg, and you're holding their legs, and it's like maybe an inch difference, and you're praying, and you just start seeing the leg grow, and it just balances out. And it's just an amazing feeling. But there's times when you're praying, and that doesn't move, and it gets a bit awkward. What do we do at that point? Do we just give up and say, I'm never praying for that again? No. It, it's... We, we keep on pressing in. We're like, God, what happened that time? But you know what? I just, I'm going to keep on going for it. Just increase my, my authority in this area. Because if we don't do it, we're never going to see it. But you're never going to get the, the, the joy of seeing God's goodness and a leg growing out in front of you if you don't. You know, it, it's, it's, God stirs us and, and it's exciting. And so if we don't get offended by it and we don't like, oh, a million questions. What did I do wrong? No. It's about God. You know, we don't have all the answers. We don't understand everything, but we just do what he told us to do, and we leave the worrying up to God. So God says, pray for the sick. I'm going to pray. It doesn't get healed. What I do, I walk away and I say, huh, I I don't say, God, why didn't you not heal? I'm like, oh, give me more authority next time, or, you know, I want to see breakthrough next time. That's how I go away. I don't question God. And I don't say, well, God was holding back. Because we are in a battle on this side. And it's, the word is clear. Sickness is not from God. So I don't have to question whether God was in the equation to keep the person sick. Because the Bible says he's not for sickness. It says sickness was from the devil. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the... So I don't have to worry about that stuff. I'm just like, God, I don't understand why the person healed. Or I prayed for one person, they got miraculously healed. Bones growing. And then I pray for a cold and nothing happens. I don't get it sometimes. But all I know is that if I don't pray, I'm not going to be a blessing. So, this is the little di- first diagram. Next page. So we have on the left, me and Christ, the character. On the right, so we've got, well, your left, the works. Um, of Jesus, that's Christ in me. And this is where, in the middle, I've got growth. Like, for example, when I was first saved, actually, I got saved, I was kind of nominal after I got saved, but when I got baptized in the Spirit, and it wasn't a big, amazing experience. I mean, in terms of, they prayed for me, it felt a bit weird, I didn't really know what was going on. Next morning, got on my room, I just started praying in tongues. And, but it wasn't like some people have it, like James was spectacular. Um, but what I did notice is that I had such, that evening, I had such a hunger for Christ. And a hunger for purity. And a hunger. And I wasn't like a person who, I was like, what, 17 or something around then. I wasn't like a bad guy who'd done, the, done all the, you know, but that stuff. So I don't have that story. But I had such a hunger. I was like just nominal, you know, like lukewarm. Um, and I had such a hunger for Christ. I'd be sitting in the front row from being in the back row. I was in the front row. I had my notebook. And the guy would say, we need to do this. And I'd write it down like, I need to change this part of my life. Jesus, help me change this area. It was such a burden. 
and people were shocked about my life in a couple of months, but it was, it was just the hunger and allowing God to do His work in me. And so I didn't think much about the works. I wasn't a works kind of guy. My biggest passion actually is purity. I want to be pure before Jesus. I, want, I don't want to have junk in my life. But I also know that there's this other part. And what I, in the center, you'll see what I call growth. is when we do a bit of both. We, the, we're growing in, growing in character. When we're growing and doing the works, we see this exponential growth in our walk with Christ. It's not just the one or the other. It's both. And, and that's the joy of, you know, what we receive, we give out. Receive, we give out. And when we give out, we can grow. You know, if you have a, a piece of water that's blocked off from a stream and it doesn't get any fresh water anymore, it just dies. And, and Jesus knows that. And that's why he's designed it that, you know, we give out, we receive, we give out, we receive. So we press in for the character and the works of Jesus. It's interesting. Um, Like there's some people who I know have an incredible character, but they might not be as, let's say, inclined prophetically to jump out and, and, do, and do things. But I would rather have a person with character who's pressing out in faith to get a word for me than somebody I know who's got a good gifting, but their life is a mess. You know what I mean? I want both. But it does, I'm not saying that I'm not getting into the works because we're all growing, we're all at different places. But it's, we've got to have that passion for both. Because when we have a clean funnel, we can give out more purely. But it doesn't mean because we've gone through some struggles, we, don't, we just pull back. No, we call to grow in God and He understands our weaknesses. And we, from the point we act, we go forward and we do the things. We don't have to worry about, am I perfect, am I right? So, I came across this interesting person because it's all about God's grace. It's a guy called Charles S. Price. And he was a really, really well-known preacher in the States. I think, in, I think he was born like 1910 or something around there. But he had quite a reputation. He was well-known in Christian circles. He was a strong Christian leader, but he didn't believe in the works of Jesus, didn't believe in the gifts, didn't believe any other stuff. He was a pretty good teacher against it. And then one day, in his late 40s, I believe, he was at, a, at some kind of conference, it was a healing conference, and, he's just, he, and God really encountered him. And he was getting ready to you know, write down all the stuff that was wrong there, and God really touched his life. And... After that, he really became someone who went out and just was a real blessing to the body of God and just bringing healing and restoration to people's lives. But this is what he said, because right now we could be at the point like, oh my goodness, I've got to make this happen. I'm not doing it. And this is what his wisdom was. Somebody who for 40 years kind of hadn't gone the right way. And he said, I believe it is easier to come to Christ and ask him for the importation of his faith then to try work up and generate your own. He said, healing is not dependent on the development of a perfect faith. 
by any process of self, but rather contact with Jesus. So this is not about striving. It's about surrender. It's like, Jesus, I need more of you because only you can do this stuff. It's not about me working it up and, you know, jumping up and down and making myself perfect. We become perfect when we let Christ transform us. If we become perfect by transforming ourselves, it's religion and it's works. And then it, poof, when the first pressure comes, it pops and it's gone. And that's why we need that transformation when we love God and we love His transforming power in His life. That's how we focus and we keep our eyes on Jesus. So, Mark twenty-one, twenty-one, and this is something that Charles understood when he went and dug into the scriptures, because it says some translations say "have faith in God," but a proper translation is "have faith of or from God," which is a key difference. If you have faith in God, the burden is on me. Faith of from God, it's a gift of God that he is pleased to give. My faith, my ability. But on the other side, the Spirit is my helper. He said he'll send us the helper. Limited to my faith. I can't go beyond my natural abilities when I try and make it happen. But in Jesus, he said we'll do even greater miracles when we put our eyes on him. And so the key here is God is calling us to fix our eyes on Him. Because we cannot do it in our own strength. But we fix on Him, we know that anything can happen. Even like Paul, if you're feeling nervous or worried. I know for me, um, I've seen quite a few miracles, but only later in life. But when somebody comes up to the front and they're sick, I'm not going, whew, I'm the man. I'm like, oh God, you need a help. <laughs> but all I am is doing is faithful to pray. I don't even sit there and think, oh, I didn't have a quiet time last night. Um, oh, wow, I didn't pray for an hour this morning before this person came up. But what I'm doing, I'm drawing on God's goodness and his kindness. And he's saying, you've called me to do this. And so I have a quiet surrendered trust in Jesus. And that is why I pray. Not because we think we have it all together. Because we, we never have it all together. We'll never be at a place actually where we have it all together. Because when we think we do, God will show us something that we don't. Um, so, this was the other picture I had. And this is really just to help us as we come into when we pray for people. So when we pray for people, this is what I focus on. I focus on the grace of God. It's not about me. I focus on the love of Jesus. Jesus loves people. He loves them more than I do. God is a good God. And likes being good all the time. And also, I draw on the faith of Jesus. And this is not all about the big stuff. Because I, I show there, like character going, um, the works. But for example, 
if you're looking at a website and something pops up and it's the wrong kind of stuff and you mean you turn it off and like, I'm not going there, that's a victory for the kingdom. You're making ground. When I pray for somebody who's sick and they don't get healed, it's still a victory for the kingdom because you know what? You stepped out in faith. And as we make these steps and go along and as we, and we say, Jesus, help me, and then God reveals that you're carrying offense. You're like, oh, God, help me get this offense out of my life. And God deals with it, we move along. But it's always going to Jesus. Always asking Jesus. Jesus shows something. Don't, we don't go mining. But as Jesus reveals or something comes up, you say, God, I, I saw I didn't react very well today. I got really angry. What is this angry thing? I need you to help me deal with my anger. And then we're moving along. But it's, it's, sometimes we fear God. Like, I've got to keep this stuff protected from God. I can't let God into my life. This, this part of my life is too vulnerable. I, I, I don't want the vulnerability of being touched in this area. But you know what? Jesus is good. He's gracious. He's kind. And we can let all him into all the areas. He might not feel comfortable. We know that he is good. And he will bring us into a better place. I, I remember the first time... We prayed for somebody and it was a significant deliverance. I got scared to death. Honestly, I didn't know if the person was going to come back. Uh, things started getting a bit crazy. And we hadn't really done it before too much, not like that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what do I do? I had my book out. Like, what? Like, how do I get this person back from this? this things, were, I mean, things were just going a bit nuts. The person was saying they were on fire, they were burning, they were, and it wasn't a good burning and all this kind of stuff. End the day, we got the person set free. I was, I went to bed like, thank you, God. I didn't know what I was going to do at the end. But you know what? God is in control. But I went away and did more study on it. And I'm like, God, you've got to help grow me in this area. For some reason, you allowed this to happen because you want me to grow. And so I went and studied on it. Now we don't see all the dramatics anymore because we understand our authority. We know how to deal with some of these situations better. But sometimes God has to throw us in the deep end so we say, help me. Versus saying, oh, this can't be right and we want to run away from it. Or we go and pray for someone and it doesn't happen. We're like, oh, God. No, God, increase me in authority. Increase me in authority. You need, I want to grow in this thing. And that's the way we go along. So it's character works, character works. And we, and, we, and we have this dialogue with God. But it's not about offense. It's just about growing with God. I remember the first time I told you, until like maybe 12 years ago, I hadn't seen a physical healing at all. I had a desire for it, not a chance. We'd been involved in emotional healing, you know, bringing people into encounter, all that kind of stuff, but I'd never seen a literal physical healing. And God uses me sometimes prophetic, and I'm in a meeting and God says, somebody has a sore right shoulder. I'm like, I have no problem what I heard, I'm pretty confident I heard right. But I said to God, but what happens when the person comes up? And now I've got to pray for them. What am I going to do? Nothing happens. But I had to choose, am I going to get up and give the word? I did. Person came up. I'm like, and the person who came up was not the person I wanted to come up. And um, so my faith sunk even more. And then I prayed and the person said, I'm healed. And I, no. I prayed three times because I didn't quite believe what was happening. 
But you know what? It's the steps of faith. That, you know, we're allowed to make mistakes. We're allowed to do these things. But it, it's, just, it's that Jesus takes great pleasure when we step out in faith and do things that we don't think we can actually do and we're just saying, God, help me. <laughs> if you don't show up, this is going to look messy. So, in conclusion, or partial conclusion, when we look at John 3.16, it says, God so loved the world, he sent his only son so that we can be saved. And that stands for sozo, which is saved, healed, and delivered. So Jesus set the example, and God set the example because he so loved us of sending his son so the Great Commission was his idea, and he started it first. He sent his son to us. And John, Jesus loves mankind and is excited about healing. When he sent the 70 out, they were no big earth shakers when he sent the 70 out, remember? He said, go out. And when they came back, they were so excited. They were not expecting what to do, what they did when they went out. But when they came back, they were excited. And what did Jesus say? He was full of joy. And he says, I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning. And so we know when we do the works, Jesus gets really excited and it impacts the heavenly realms for a, in a good way. And so, as I said, we fix our eyes on him. Jesus touched us. So we want to do the same to others. And we don't need to convince Jesus. We just need to say, yes, take me on this ride. I, it's okay if it gets a bit embarrassing. I remember the one time I had the clearest word. It was 400 people church. The clearest word. I got up and I thought I'd just be doing it at the end. The guy made me share it right there. Nobody came up. I'm like, I'm not doing this again. But you know what? He doesn't care about our pride. Because a lot of times you might get it right. But people sometimes don't come up. But it's not about our pride. It's just, are we ready to look a fool for Christ? And I'm so glad that I pressed in because I didn't like looking a fool. I still don't look like looking like a fool. Um, healing helps the saved and the unsaved encounter Jesus as they experience his goodness. And let's just keep on persevering. That's the key thing we found. This is God's idea. It is not our idea he equips us, he's for us, and there's such an excitement when we get the breakthrough because we never know how close we are to an incredible breakthrough like John Wimber that can completely transform the way we see a topic. Whether it's you are ministering to the poor and God reveals an amazing strategy how to feed and minister to the poor in a way that's never been done, that doesn't create dependency, but creates breakthrough in areas Let's press in for that's your heart. Let's press in for it. But it, we need to get our heart, our vision from Jesus because Jesus is the one that can change and transform. We can't transform. Good ideas don't transform. But when God blows on it, he can transform. But we need the wind of God on it. And that's what we press in for. So, practice time. Yes. Don't look too worried. It's going to be fun. Can I have the team come up quick? Well, I've asked a couple of folks to come up and just get some couple of words of knowledge for healing, but we are all going to pray. So let me, this it up. So here's a real basic, basic model I put up here, because that's all we need. 
going to release some words of knowledge for healing. And if some folks stand up, we'll, we'll pray for them. And then we're going to ask those around to pray. And all you can do is like, what is wrong? It's the ask. What is wrong? What do you want Jesus to do for you? And then we pray. But we don't pray long prayers because you want to pray past the miracle. Sometimes we're so hard praying, we actually miss what God's doing. And then we ask. And I, that was the most awkward thing for me when I remember praying for people and then you don't want to ask. It's too, like, what if nothing's happened? Well, I've learned if nothing's happening, rather ask. Maybe God wants to do something different. And then we say, well, let's pray again. We've got to get that awkwardness off us and not be so tense and concerned about things. And then we pray again. And there's two general kind of prayers. One, I call it more petition type. Randy Clark uses this a lot. Example here, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to restore sight in this eye. And Randy Clark sees all kinds of healings and miracles. And then another person, Robbie Dawkins, is more used for evangelism. He uses the more commanding type, but they both get the same level of miracles. You know, so we can't get so fixated on it. We just got to figure out what's right for the situation. In the name of Jesus, spine, be straight, be healed. Let's use the kind of prayers that Jesus used. And like Robbie Dawkins is really used to go into really dark areas and you'll walk into places and you'll say God's going to heal when you see someone with a messed up knee or leg or whatever God's going to heal that and you're going to see God and bang they get healed and people get saved and you know that's like I said we're revealing God's goodness and kindness so let's have the team come up they can just release a couple of words and then we're going to have some fun praying together is that good? Hopefully Mark's here with the mic. Oh. Who wants to jump in first? Hey, everybody. Uh, I was praying this morning, and I kind of felt like someone might have pain in their left side of the chest, more like a stingy pain in the front, not like a shoulder injury or something like that, but I will take what I can get. So pain on the left chest. Thank you. Now, the funny part is an encouragement. Jonathan was the one guy that I got a very clear word for, not, not the first word, and he didn't come up because he didn't really believe in this stuff. So it's cool to actually see Jonathan stepping out in these things. And he came to me like two weeks later, and I felt like I completely missed him. He's like, that was me. I just didn't want to come up. But the encouragement is, is that he now flows in this stuff where before he thought, what are these people doing? Um. Just saw a picture of someone getting uh, new glasses, so something about uh, eyesight, if it's just struggles with eyesight. I don't have anything more specific with that, but struggles with eyesight. This is funny. I'm seeing a picture of a, like the navel area, and I feel like there's like, some pressure and pain on the left-hand side. I got two things, um, abnormal fatigue. So if you feel unusually tired, not because you were up with a baby all night, but just like unusual fatigue. And then um, <laughs> Sammy has unusual fatigue. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and um, the second thing is uh, upper abdominal pain. Just have a, a picture of... Uh... God wanting putting new garments on people. Uh, the scripture is Zechariah 3, 4. It talks about Joshua, who was the high priest, and then there's the angels, and um, 
God was standing there and sin was right there. And God uh, said, you know, you're going you're gonna to take your filthy coat away and I'm going to put new garments. And uh, I think for some of you, that's uh, what he has for you. <laughs> I just felt like maybe somebody had a uh, pain in their right hip. So I just release healing over your right hip. So I just had a sense that um, someone may be dealing with some deep sorrow and that God wants to lift that from you. He says he's going to replace that with joy. And I would love the opportunity to pray with you through that and share God's truth and what he says specifically to you. Also, I had a sense of a, just a huge battle of anxiety, and I feel like God wants to cut off, cut that off of, the, of whoever's dealing with that. I just heard uh, high cholesterol. Has anyone heard recently that they've got high cholesterol? Yeah, I just felt like God, if that's you, that he wants to heal you, there's adjustments we can make in our diet, of course, but I just felt... that he's going to heal that this morning. So, the, the person who has some of that, Michelle was saying, maybe don't stand now, but maybe come to Michelle afterwards and then have a prayer um, with you. Um, this is not about healing, but Colleen, I don't normally share this side of things, but I really, I heard this phrase, it's interesting, and you're going to have to figure it out. But it's on a topic I don't normally go too much into, but I felt God say, you deserve a great husband. You deserve a great husband. And just, I think it's this thing about expectations. And as Fulton's saying, you deserve a great husband. And I don't know what it means. You might know what that means. But I just felt that God. So if any of those words applied, can you mind standing? We're not here to embarrass you. We're just going to get, if those words apply to you, can you please stand? If you have any of those things. And then, can you maybe just put your hand up? So I'll make certain that we have a group of people around each person. Can you put, and when, when you've got somebody praying for you, you can put your, your hand down. Yeah, so let's, let's gather around. And then afterwards, if you still want further prayer, we're going to come with the team up front. If there's specific words, we can then um, come and get prayer for those items. But let's, let's get a group. We need some guys. Peter, let's go around there. Yeah, there. Let's, let's, let's cover these folks and pray. Remember? First thing, we ask, what is it that you want Jesus to do? Pray, ask again, pray. So let's, let's, let's go for it. So Father, we just do thank you for your healing power in this place. We do pray for your release of miracles. We pray for your release of miracles in this place. Father, we just pray for bodies to be healed and to be restored. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. to ask them how they're doing, ask them to test it out.
if it's good, if it's not good, let's just pray again. Anybody feeling better from the prayer? Let me see. Anybody doing better? Oh God. Your Lord, Jesus. you are receiving ministry, just continue to receive, uh, but we're going to close down the meeting, uh, so parents, feel free to, if you can, leave to get your kids. Thank you, Chris. That was awesome time. Please stop by the loop if you have any questions at the back, and uh, also there will be a ministry team up front, so if you need to come forward for prayer for anything, please do, and uh, Vince DeLuca just felt a word uh, during worship for those that are trusting for breakthrough specifically in the workplace so if you are trusting for breakthrough in the workplace please um, come forward have a great sunday thanks guys